I'm Jen Thiessen, and together we are your Ladies of Tits and Teeth podcast. We love to chat musical theatre, dance, circus, the arts, and life. Our vibe is all-inclusive, curious, and educational. We like to uplift everyone around us and encourage you to live your best life. So if that's you, then stick around, get those tits up, those teeth out, and enjoy the ride, you absolute bloody legend. Hey, hey, fam. So today on the pod, we are speaking with two powerhouse women. First up, we sit down with the original Tits and Teeth guest, Crystalise, to learn all about Crystalise Pilates in our What You Doing segment. Next, we go deep and get the full tea from performer, mama bear, and owner of Keto Chick Creations, Christy Adamson. These women, I tell ya, they inspire me. So let's get into it. Here is Christy Adamson and Crystalise Pilates. People of the world, we are here with the original Tits and Teeth guest. She is a can't take your eyes off her performer. She is our best, best girlfriend. Everybody bow down. And she is one of, she kicks my ass every time I freaking take a Pilates class. I keep thinking I'm getting stronger. And guess what? I am, but they're getting harder. This is... (laughs) Crystalise Pilates. Crystalise. Hi, friend. We are the most Hi. excited to be here with Crystalise. How are you today, babes? Oh, it's nice to see your faces. You Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Krista. <laughs> Can't take your eyes off her lease. Oh, sweet Jesus. That's never, ever, it's never going to die. No, no never, never going to die. die. As long as we're around, it's never going to die. <laughs> can't take your eyes off her lease. Please tell the people who you are and what you do both on the stage and off the stage and in the Pilates studio. Crystalise, take it away. Oh, that is such a big question. Um, my name is Crystalise. The can't take your eyes off her is optional. That is not my legal name. Not um, <laughs> I have been in theater since the late 90s, and that's not an exaggeration. I'm very, very old. How dare uh, you get a date? <laughs> it's really the late 90s. It's not a joke. Um, I've done nine seasons at the Stratford Festival. That's mostly where I've done uh, the bulk of my career has been there. I've worked on stages all across Canada. Um, I got to go to Broadway, if you've ever heard of it. Never. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've had a really fortunate career as a dancer, singer, actor. And now I am teaching Pilates mostly on a screen from my basement <laughs> studio in Stratford. <laughs> hey. Yeah. And an incredible human to boot, a bo- a, oh. an amazing person both on and off the stage. We're so lucky to have her in our lives. Take it away, Kyla. Oh, oh well, I love you guys. <laughs> okay, we've got to start at the beginning, though. Where did the Pilates mm-hmm. dreams start? And how did you get your certification? Well, uh, I've been doing Pilates pretty much my whole life, like definitely since I was a teenager. Um, and then I got a certification. I got a mat certification when I was in, I think I was 20. I was very young. I think I didn't, um, to be honest, I don't think I entirely understood what it was, but I would do it as like, um, like a side business when I wasn't teaching. So mostly I would go into people's homes. 
um, and teach there. And I taught at a dance studio and it was sort of just a great, a great way for me to make some money when I wasn't doing theater or doing film. And then looking for part two of my life, which we all have to do at some point, I really wanted to do something that would help people. Like that, that was, it was like my broad uh, requirement for the next phase of my life and my next job. I just wanted to make sure that I was helping people in some way. And, you know, we know movement, we've been moving since we were kids. So doing something with movement was always sort of in the back of my mind. And I started looking into Pilates really because my mom and dad started taking it. So in my head, Pilates was always something that dancers did to stay fit. And then my sweet mom and dad, who are, uh, my mom's turning 70 this year. So they started taking Pilates about four years ago for, to get rid of, uh, or to help with, I should say, arthritis, osteoarthritis, kind of chronic pain they were going through. They started taking it together, which is the cutest thing that in the world. That is the cutest. Uh, Wait, we should shout your mom and dad out. Tell, yes, us, tell the people their names. Jane and Terry. Yeah, they are. Jane and Terry. Friends of the pod. They're just the best. Friends of the pod, they really are. They are friends of the pod. Yeah. Uh, they're the cutest and they would do semi-privates and I just I saw how much how, like how much physically more capable they became and the ownership that they found over their bodies and the amount of education they got over biomechanics in their own body was mind-blowing to me so it kind of opened up this whole new realm of what Pilates and movement education could be and what it could do and I was like that's cool I want to do that so I sort of asked around about places that would train in that way. And uh, a really incredible uh, studio in Toronto called Body Harmonics came highly recommended to me from so many different people. So then I looked into it and that's where I got my training. And we're so glad you did. Thanks. That's my superhero origin story. Ooh. I mean, you're my superhero. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So can you tell us about the injury that you had and talk a little bit about your recovery and then the importance of injury prevention to the peeps? Oh, heck yeah. So I ruptured my Achilles tendon fully in a dance class in, I think it was, it was a 29, it was 2019. Um, I highly don't recommend doing it. <laughs> it really sucks. I mean, uh, I yeah, it's, it's not the greatest. I yeah. had surgery. I, um, walked with like literally a pirate peg leg for about, I remember that pirate peg leg. Yeah. yeah. We were there. Like a... rocked a pirate peg leg. Like Crystal yeah. Lee rocked a pirate peg leg. <laughs> yes. It was, let it be known. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It was one of my favorite little phases. It, I, it was... I liked it. <laughs> I'm glad Kai liked Mr. it. Did not. Very, <laughs> Mr. Very was like, you sweaty. fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was not my favorite. Uh, so I rocked the pirate leg for like a good six months. Um, and recovery was hard, but I started to realize that um, recovering from injury doesn't have to be, or having a traumatic injury doesn't have to be the end of everything. And if you put the work in and if you put the time in and it is tedious as fuck, my recovery was boring. It was boring. That's the only way I can describe it. It's tedious. It's boring. It's doing toe exercises and foot exercises like four times a day, you know, and, but I did it and I'm not 20, I'm 40, I'm actually 41 and I'm 
proud to say that I'm 41 and I'm back dancing and I've been dancing for about the past year. I started I'm killing in- it every <laughs> I started in my living room on Zoom. I felt very safe. I felt like I could fall over onto my couch if I needed to. And I figured it out, but it's because I put the work in and I had incredible support. I had the wizard Jeanette Hamill, who was my best friend during that time. I saw her every single week and she's unbelievable, but um, it really gave me uh, uh, an insight into what it's like to have that kind of traumatic injury. I've been injured before. I've had smaller injuries. I've broken my foot, but even when I broke my foot, it was just going to heal and then I'd be better. This was something that it wasn't a guarantee that I would come back from in, in a physical way that I was able to before. And so having, having gone through that, I feel like I have a really good insight for people who deal with chronic pain and injuries and, um, it fucks with your brain. It's, it's hard. It's really hard for any of us who, who spend our lives being physical. It kind of took away my coping mechanism because my coping, my coping mechanism was always to take a dance class. If I was feeling down or if I needed to get energy out or even go for a walk or a run or be physical. And it literally took that away from me. Mm. So it can be just as hard physically to come back from as it can mentally. So I feel like I have such a good, uh, such a good insight into what it's like. And I try to impart that to people who come to me with chronic pain and injuries, because a, it doesn't have to be what everyone tells you and, uh, things are surmountable, but it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of really boring as fuck work. (laughs) And I know what it's, I know what it's like to do that. And, uh, that was my injury. And I, I hope people don't get injured. So that's the other part of my business that I'm really passionate about in the nerdiest way possible is uh, I I like to call it prehab. And that's not something I made up. That is something that somebody else made up a while ago. But it's like getting your body to a point where when you do have injuries, because you can never fully prevent injuries, that's not possible because, Mm -hmm. you know, moments happen. Because we're doing extreme things with our bodies. Like, correct. (laughs) Literally every day. Like, for like a bare minimum an hour and a half every day, we do things with our bodies that our bodies are like, but why? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. the rest but, of society is like, why? that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make no, sense. You don't, what you doing? You, you don't have, you don't have to do that. Um, <laughs> so like injuries can happen, but I, I really want everyone to be strong enough that when they do happen, they don't become traumatic. There's something that, that are maybe minor that you can get, that you can get over. So that's also a big part of, especially when I'm training dancers is it's like a prehab sort of a training. So like, I like to say, I like to bulletproof people's bodies. Like I want people's joints to be bulletproof and their minds so that people understand there's like an educational component where you understand not just biomechanics in general, but your own specific, beautiful, unique flower of a body. Hmm. Oh, we have an additional question. We're gonna we're yeah. gonna resume our regular po- uh, podcast momentarily. But bro, bro, <laughs> bro, what uh-huh. do you do to keep that mental game strong during that what? injury? Oh man, yeah. I, honestly, I didn't for a little while. Like it sort of for me, it kind of sent me into a hole, and then I just was like, yeah, this is where I am. So I didn't fight it. I kind of let myself feel, feel sorry for myself for a little bit. It was pretty crappy. And then I just, for me, it was focusing on once I, once I could start doing even like tiny little bits of rehab, it gave me something to do every day. And that was 
helpful. On the flip side, I have incredible friends and family. So they helped a lot, like really, really, really a lot. And um, I have to give a shout out because I was living with my twin. She's not my twin. We just look exactly like we're not, we're not related and we're 10 years difference in age. Um, but I was living with Jacqueline Burtney and she, her and her husband were uh, unbelievable support for me. Like they just, they're, they're incredible humans. And um, I hope everybody has support like that if they go through injuries and, you know, for regular people, this injury would have been like, oh, that sucks. I have to be on crutches or on a pirate leg and I have to go to work and I have to do the things. But for us, we're so, so much of our, our identity is wrapped up in what we can do physically. So it chips away at a big chunk of our, of you, of yourself. And that is the part that's hardest. Yeah. I slowly came out of it. The more physical I could be, the easier it became. Mm. I know that's not maybe, maybe the most. uh, I was just going to say, thank you for being so honest with us. That's real. That's exactly what people feel like it hurts. It's like, I have not gone through what you've gone through, but like, holy shit balls. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Krista, why Pilates? Why is Pilates a great tool for humans, not just dancers to have in their toolbox. Why is that regiment so wonderful for our, our bodies? For your bodies. bodies. Well, uh, it's been around for a very long time. So he created Joseph Pilates, who's a real human. That is his real name. Uh, he created it in the, in world war one, he was in a German internment camp and he, uh, he started rehabbing the soldiers and he would use the beds and he would use the bed springs as resistance. He was like a gymnast. He was like a crazy physical freak of nature, kind of a human, like super strong. And, um, and then he started creating this whole system and brought it to the States. He moved to New York city, I think in the forties, I could be wrong about that date. Um, and then started training a lot of ballet dancers. So it was sort of something that just mostly ballet dancers and sort of fancy ladies in New York city did to keep themselves in shape. Um, but it has a shocking amount of science behind it before he necessarily knew what that science meant. So he would actually look at like cadavers and he would look at a lot of anatomy himself. Like he wanted to learn the human body. So it wasn't just like, I want my arms to look strong or I want my, you know, I want a six pack. It was, it was based on a lot of science that, um, I think was really forward thinking for someone in, you know, like 1917 and, uh, things have progressed. There are some things that, you know, we've had, we've come leaps and bounds with science since 1970. So it's progressed quite a bit and it's kept up with a lot of, a lot of newer, uh, information, but it's just, it's a, it's not like anything else you will do. So it really focuses on alignment and stability in a way that for me, I've never found that anywhere else. And that is the key to moving your body with some sort of ease, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter what that body does. If you are my mom and dad who just want to be able to golf and walk for 45 minutes a day, that's their goals. If you're a high performance athlete, like we all are, if you want to be dancing in a show where you're, you know, kicking your face for three hours straight. It doesn't matter because your alignment is always going to be key. The alignment of your bone structure and the muscles surrounding it is going to be what's going to keep you healthy. 
And our alignment isn't always uh, a given. There's lots of things that happen in our lives that get that alignment to shift in different ways. And Pilates is really the only thing I have ever found that addresses that very specifically. You mean if I'm kicking my right leg a thousand times in, in a show that happens to completely ignore my left, I happen to be out of a line at the end of the musical? Is that what you're telling I mean, me? Probably. <laughs> probably. Probably, yeah. 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 Like that's maybe not science, but probably. Probably. Well, yeah. I'm so glad you brought up science as well. I was like, this wouldn't be a Christmas segment without it. I was like, <laughs> probably going to bring up science here yeah I do I really like science (laughs) (laughs) she loves it um what a nerd and we love her so much for it it's fantastic Crystalise and Crystalise Pilates where can we find you okay so on Instagram I am at Crystalise Pilates and on and I've been posting reels which is something I that apparently the kids do these days so um, so lots of tips. Thank you. Lots of tips posted on there. I have a website that is www.crystalisepilates.com. And that is where you can find my weekly schedule. I teach a class every day of the week, Monday to Friday on Zoom. You can register for classes. You can read a little more about what all the classes are. There are all levels, all different types. And then in July, if you start following me on Instagram, I'm going to be launching an on-demand website. So it will have pre-recorded videos. So it'll have an entire video library and I'm gonna be launching it with a couple of 30-day mobility and strength challenges. So stay tuned for that. I've been working very hard on them and I think they're pretty cool. We will be there. Also, how <laughs> dare you bring back Triple W? I saw you. I mean, oh my God. God, I forgot that used to be a say. What if I said HTTP? Uh, uh, colon backslash. Back, colon backslash. Oh my gosh, too okay. much. So um, what a few things, and we don't normally do that, this in, in what you're doing segment, but this is Crystalise. So, so how could we not? A few things that she said. Guys, oh. when you have an injury, it doesn't have to be the end of everything. I needed to hear that today. That's because I can't move my neck really very well. <laughs> she can't. She really can't. Sidebar. But it doesn't have to be the end of everything. And mm-hmm. yes. You should see Crystalise Pilates dance. You guys, my husband actually will go on Instagram and be like, Crystalise is probably going to post a dance video today. I want to watch it just so that you all know because she's so beautiful, so epic. Love seeing her dance in the the living room. Um, Thank you for saying your age, my friend. It is a beautiful thing to hear that, you know, I think that that's just something that we need to rewrite as a story. Yes. So we love you for that. That's Crystalise Pilates. We love it so much. Thank you, Krista. Thank you, Chris. Humans of the world. We are here with Christy Adamson preparing to do our 60 seconds with the Godfather questions. Christy, have you pooped your pants yet? Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for 60 seconds with the Godfather. 60 seconds with the Godfather. Not 20, not 30, not 40, not 50. It's 60 seconds with a godfather. <laughs> Three, two, one. Christy, best kind of wine. Barolo. High kick or clean triple? Clean triple. Night owl or early riser? 
Oh, night owl. Of <laughs> what is your, what's your Hogwarts house? Oh, I say Gryffindor. My husband says Hufflepuff. Minnie <laughs> Mouse or Betty Boop? Betty Boop. Name five essential things you will always have in your dance bag. Oh, uh, uh, dance shoes, uh, hair elastic, Advil, Advil and Advil. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Basically the correct answer. Okay. Name five essential things you always have in a bag for Ella. <gasps> for Ella, um, a toy, a book. Um, a snack, water, wet wipes. Nice. Okay. I, okay. I get, that's that's a minute. Oh. I basically need those same things, you know. Yeah, those are, <laughs> a snack, I always a toy, snack. a wet wipe. Gosh. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. So, um, unfortunately, Christy, you got the first answer wrong. The yeah. only answer was the be- for the best kind of wine was purse wine. Ah! <laughs> That's uh, Christy, Christy Adamson, can you explain to the audience what purse wine is? You brought it into our realm. Now pass on that love and knowledge to the people. Purse wine is a glorious thing that seems to exist in the United States of America, yes. which I discovered on my first U.S. national tour. And you can buy this at, you know, any, well, really almost any store. Any when you're store. In the States. Can't in Canada. It's very sad. They're little tiny individual bottles of wine that come in a little six pack, but they fit so conveniently inside your purse. So you always have fresh wine on hand anytime you need it. No need for a flask. All the classy girls do it. Get your <laughs> And who would those classy girls be? Us. We are those classy girls. (laughs) Oh, well, we are so, so happy to have you here. Just so the audience knows, both Jenna and I were on a tour with the wonderful Christy Adamson throughout the (laughs) States, where she introduced us to the said purse wine. How we always begin, Christy, is we ask our guests, what is your favorite musical and your dream role? Oh, God, that's like impossible. Favorite musical, there's way too many. Like, I don't know. It, <laughs> it, used, to be, it used to be Les Mis. I still cry when I see A Chorus Line live. And I have to say also come from away because my husband's in it and it's a gorgeous Canadian story. So there you go. Uh, dream role, way too many. I still want to play Donna and Mamma Mia. Yes. I always wanted to play Cassie in A Chorus Line. Probably too old now, but hey, you never know. You could fool them, hey? Uh, I still want to play Charity and Sweet Charity. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I want to play the mom in Freaky Friday. You know, like so many. There's a million dream roles. That's why our job is the best because like you get to do so many things. Oh, we love somebody that loves musical theater. That's so nice. You jump from like different age brackets side to side. You'll one day be a lead. You'll one bit day be in the ensemble. So Christy Adamson, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, really does it all. And I want to know, I want to know your secrets. But... <laughs> So we will dive into that later on. But first and foremost, you, my friend, are one of the best dance captains in the biz. I personally have learned so much from you. I've stolen things from (laughs) you. So I need to know uh, who taught you dance captaining and, you know, AKA, who did you look up to that kind of taught you the ropes? First of all, thank you so much. My God. Truth. Actual truth. Okay, so like I feel like it's almost two separate things. I definitely have some mentors that have mentored me throughout my career in so many different ways. Ironically, I would actually say that no one taught me how to be a dance captain. Huh. I was 100% thrown into the fire the first time I ever dance captain to show. And that was by my second mentor, who is Dave Campbell. I'll just give him a quick quick shout out. Love him so much. He totally like took a chance on me, met me through a stage kids show 
which used to exist, which were like musicals with a moral that you would go and perform for grade school and high school kids. Anyways, that's how I met him. That was like my first gig with him. And then he cast me in my first production of Cats and made me the dance captain. And I had basically literally never done a professional musical before (laughs) other than stage. It's because my background was actually coming from a contemporary dance company. Couldn't be more different uh, uh, when you look at um, like a rehearsal process or any of those things. So I really did not walk into it. I even said, I was like, are you sure? Like, you want me to be your dance captain? We had people in that cast that, you know, had were in the original production of Cats. And like, that was, I was like, mind blown, right? Like as a young, young, young kid in music theater. And I'm like, and I'm supposed to be like giving them notes and telling them what to do. What the heck? Well, he just, I guess he saw something in me. He was like, you have the brain for this. You know how to work with people and deal with people and had the faith. And next thing you know, third day, yeah, third day of rehearsal, we, um, you know, learning the ball and Gino Berti goes to put drops in his eyes. My okay. fabulous choreographer, Gino Berti, and his eye like perforates in like right in front of us. And he is rushed to emergency and taken by the director. And we are up in Aurelia and I'm suddenly in charge on day three <laughs> of rehearsal of my first musical. So it was really like trial by fire. And so, yeah, no one really taught me how to be a dance captain. And in some Wait, ways- what happened? How did it go? And then and then Chrissy <laughs> Addison took over and it was a huge success and everything. I mean, oh my goodness. No, no, no. I mean, I learned as I, as I went, you know, and I think that really what served me, I think, I hope, is um, I just try to always lead with kindness and respect. Love and that. I had a lot of respect for the people that I was working with around me. And I really just- soaked everything in like a sponge and learned as much as I possibly could and possibly coming from a contemporary dance background where you had you know months to workshop choreography and you were so much a part of the creative process I had so much respect for the work and so that was always really important to me was to maintain the work so I think that's something that has stuck with me through the years of being a dance captain is really, really, really wanting to maintain that choreographer's work after they leave Mm -hmm. and always give that audience the same performance level, no matter what is going on and not settling for like, oh, well, people are out of the show. At least someone brought the sphere on and leave it at that and leave like a big hole on stage. Or I've always tried and probably sometimes to the frustration of my amazing performers to like re-rehearse things and make it look as fabulous as possible. But the other thing that I learned throughout the years was also not to do that at the expense of the health and safety of my performers. That's always Mm -hmm. been huge and paramount for me. So I've, you know, I've been on shows where I've watched people end their careers and it's just heartbreaking because it doesn't need to be that way. And if there's any way that I could prevent that from happening, then I will do everything in my power to make that not happen. So I'm sure I've also, you know, freaked out some performers by pulling them from a performance. And, you know, we need that. We need that as dancers. We will stay on there until we like lose a limb and we're like bleeding and being dragged off the stage. (laughs) Anyway, so that's long story long. But really, 
no one taught me how to be a dance captain. <laughs> and I just learned and figured out as I went and, you know, learned from watching other people as I went. But I think a lot of it was kind of innate and just came from like loving connecting with the other performers that I was working with and trying to help them to do the best job they possibly could and keep them as safe as I possibly could. Uh, We feel that from you as you have dance captained us that you have definitely (laughs) shown love, shown like the word and we trust you and are like so happy to follow wherever you want to go. So please describe to our listeners, in your opinion, what are the most essential components of being a great dance captain? I'd say, uh, yeah, kindness and respect. Absolutely. You have to keep in mind that this is now no longer about you. It's not about you showing anyone else that you are better than them at something. Yeah, it's not about a, It's not about being competitive at all. You have to completely remove that 100% from the equation. And you have to be able to step back and really look at what is the best thing for the show as a whole, and what is the best thing for your performers as a whole. And I think as long as you try to keep those things in mind, and again, yeah, just give your give your performers some love. It's really, really important. And, you know, talk to them like they're the incredibly smart human beings that they are and always lead with that, especially when you're giving people notes. I love, can, can I, I love that that's all about personal connection and not necessarily <laughs> about like in your Bible, you have this and this and that. Uh, I think that's so valuable. And mom, that's so just like, you. that's like technical stuff that you can, you can work on, you can pick up, you can, yes, you can come and look at my Bible and I'll show you, this is how I write out the blocking. And these are the notes that I like to make. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like one plus one equals two, right? Yeah. The other stuff is epically more important (laughs) in my, in my opinion. You're epically important, our friend. <laughs> love that. We love those answers. Great work. Got some Got some personal notes, got some show notes. Wonderful. We love it all. Um, okay. So you are an ensemble girl, but have the pipes and the tricks to play those leads as well. You are, you're a true triple threat. We love you so much. And obviously on top of that, you're also the dance captain in show. So... <laughs> Can you like how, what a bloody, and she's a mom and she's all of the things well, and a business <laughs> owner and an entrepreneur, what a bloody superwoman. So can you tell our audience a little bit about straddling these things in terms of the work and musical theater and give us some of your insights. How do you do it, babes? Oh my goodness. <laughs> you guys, you're just so flattering. Thank you so much. This is coming from these legends as well. Come on these two. Yeah. I think it's just something that I discovered over time that, um, I happen to be good at learning, you know, a a lot of different roles or parts. And, and so it's something that I don't think, you know, until you're challenged with doing it the first time. And all of a sudden I figured out, Oh, I guess my brain does work that way. I can swing 12 people in a show and, and do it successfully. That doesn't mean it wasn't still stressful. (laughs) (laughs) That it wasn't like insanely hard work because it is, there's no way around it. No one just wakes up and is like, Oh, I know 12 parts. I don't need to work on it at all. It's no problem. So yeah, definitely you have to do your homework. You have to, you have to study and work really hard and spend all those hours and practice and keep practicing and not leave it alone. And every day keep doing it. As far as like doing different kinds of roles, I think for me, I have just always loved being a storyteller. And I want to do that any way that I can. I think it's part of the reason why I haven't chosen so much to leave the stage is that I still just 
love telling stories and that can be done any way you want. You can do that from the ensemble. You can do that playing lead roles. You can do that playing a small character part. None of that stuff matters to me. It's about connection and storytelling. And I think for me, as long as I keep that in the forefront, then I can be successful at lots of different areas, you know? So interesting. No, it totally (laughs) does. It totally does. And then from a technical standpoint, because I know a lot Mm -hmm. of listeners uh, like, you know, are interested in this, like, did you Mm -hmm. have to, at one point, tailor your resume and take off some dance so that you could get taken more, like I'm saying this in quotes, Mm -hmm. but more seriously, Mm -hmm. even though the ensemble people are brilliant and wonderful, but did you have Mm -hmm. to do those technical changes along the way or did it just kind of fall into your hands as it has? Yes, some of that stuff is necessary and I'd say uh, less less than sort of tailoring my resume, more changing like my book and what I was going to go in and, and sing on the day and really trying to find every opportunity I could to shoot someone off a monologue if I could, as opposed to a five, six, seven, eight. Right. And it's really unfortunate that in our business, that is still a thing. And it's something that I am still hugely struggling with in my career because so many people do know me as an, an ensemble member. And that's a fabulous thing to be, but there are limitations. And then the other side of that is because I was someone who was very able to still have the dance still skills to, you know, kick my head with everyone else in the chorus, but also cover your lead. Mm-hmm. That's a hard slot to fill. So some of us end up doing that all the time, because when you're casting a show, which I've been on the other side of the table as well and been part of the casting process, that is the thing that is hardest to cast. So you become so valuable. You become so valuable at covering all these people while being able to legitimately um, have these other skills Mm. in the ensemble as well. And so that can be a hard thing to break out of. Yeah. Honestly, I'd say it's something that I'm, I'm still being challenged with and, uh, you know, trying to just get people to view you a little bit differently, even though you've always had these things. I remember, you know, years ago, I did a production of Hairspray, Hairspray, sorry, where I played Velma and uh, who is the mother. And I was way too young to be be playing that role. But let's be honest, I am not the type of person who's ever like been an ingenue on stage. I was always like bitches and hoes, right? So... (laughs) Oh my god! I hope I hope there's a visual for our for our audience right there. You just laid it down for us all, peeps. Love it. Carry on. Yeah, but it's just. I mean, everyone has like a an innate energy to them. There's so many different things that you can play. I can play so many different things. So can you, and you know, so can Kyla. Mm -hmm. That you all can. But there's an innate energy. And I always, I think, was fairly grounded when I would walk in a room and do an audition. And so they were never going to cast me as this like bright eyed ingenue, even when I was 19. Not happening. Right. So anyways, I uh, am playing the mother in Hairspray. The girl playing my daughter was like one year younger than me. And the, the gentleman playing her boyfriend was the same age as me. <laughs> You know, and I was like, I don't, this is like a brilliant role. I'm super excited about this. But so we're in rehearsal one day and the choreographer turns to me and says, when did you become this actress? And I sort of went, wow, I've, I've always, I've always been this actress. And I mean, we learn over time, we get better, we improve our skills, all of those things. But it's like, no, 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 that's always for me. 
Mm -hmm. I've always had the actor engine. That's always been the drive. Even when I was in a contemporary dance company, I was not doing pretty dance steps. <laughs> you know, it always came from storytelling and my soul. Yeah. So like, it's, it's incredible that you just have to keep proving to people over and over again. Yes. You know, me as this thing, but this is, this is what I do now. And sometimes like, it's scary because it means you might say, you know, I'm not going to that dance call. Mm. If they want to see me, then they can bring me in for a singing time because now I need a singing time <laughs> and they can give me some sides for this role. And if I don't, if I'm not going to be considered for those roles, then thank you so much. But I decline. And that's a scary thing to have to do. And I'm so not saying that I am like, I am now only going to play leads. Let's be honest. I live in Canada. That is not a thing. <laughs> It's a thing for like maybe three performers that we know for the rest of us, like you're going to be all over the place. So that is not at all what I'm saying, but there are times where you do have to just sort of say, you know what? I want to do like any of these four things. And if you don't want to see me for those, then I'm going to just take myself out because when you accept a job, you have to be happy with accepting that job and you can't show up and sort of go, well, they should have cast me as this and I oh. should have done that. Like you have to let that go when you walk in the door because you picked it. So if you know that's not going to be the case, leave it alone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. So that's <laughs> oh definitely something that I've started to do is really look at like, what am I going to sing for them? Like maybe it's not the loudest, beltiest, poppiest thing. Like maybe I'm going to just sit down in a chair and sing something really intimate and really emotional that maybe is not going to blow them away with my voice, but I'm going to show them that I can embody a character fully and tell them a story because that now is what I need to show people. So it, to me, it's more little things like that, as opposed to like tweaking the resume as much, but absolutely. Like maybe you need to change your headshot and not be in a crop top or a bra, you know, like depending on what you're going for. <laughs> but your whole thing there was just taking your career into your own hands and like giving yourself that control with that scary control. Do you have any more words of encouragement of like bridging the gap as um, we grow older. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Just, I'd say, don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid yes. of it. Like, I think, yes, I, I will say that for the longest time, like I haven't talked about my age to people because specifically I was getting cast like one week to play a young, very young person. And then the next week I'm being cast to play a mom, you know? And so there is a certain part of it that, you know, you walk in the room and you want them to just see what they see on the day. Right. Mm -hmm. And that you can be very versatile. And I truly believe that. I think that people can play a wide range of roles, ages, types, all of those things. But, you know, sometimes casting is not as open-minded as we are. All that to say, I am very proud of my age and what I can do. And the fact that, you know, that also comes back to never stop training, <laughs> right? Like never stop taking class, all of the classes, the dance classes, the voice lessons, the acting classes, all of those things so important because if I had stopped training and dance for sure. Like 10 years ago, I would have had to stop <laughs> keeping up in these ensemble roles. And that's been a huge, huge thing for me. But no, I just say, um, like, don't limit yourself. Other people are going to limit you all the time. They're going to judge you and limit you and tell you, you can't do something. You be the one that walks in the room and says, Hey, you may not have thought of this type 
for this character, but I'm going to show you that I'm actually the perfect person to play this character, no matter what it is. We, <laughs> Kyla and I are like, now we, we both have our hands on our faces. I was about to cry. I can tell I love it when Kyla cries. And then we were fist pumping. There was I'm, I'm sweating. I'm fist pumping. I'm excited. This is a great episode, you guys. Okay. <laughs> we're excited. Um, all right. Mom life. Miss woman oh that God. does it all. How How's little Ella and how are you finding the balance so far? And just for our audience, I I will say when Christy Adamson was pregnant, she was, <laughs> while she's talking about training, she was in class still taking ballet and this fish was <laughs> on her, she was fully pregnant and on her leg turning in, in ballet class all the way through. I mean, what a superwoman. Anyway, how, how's mom life? How are you finding that mom and work balance How's it all oh, going? Man. I, I don't, there's no such thing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Anyone that tells you that like, oh, I've got it all balanced, liars. Just like I've said to people, like anyone who tells you that the first two months after you have a baby are like all rainbows and puppy dogs, lying bitches. Every <laughs> single one of them. Like that is Christy, not- Christy, keep it real of a pod <laughs> today. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry for using- no. using word but Never you know I, I think the balance changes daily like every day it's a sliding scale right it's like okay one day she gets more of me and let's be honest she gets like 99.99 percent all the time really because that's the deal um and then other days like you shift your focus a little bit more to something else the absolute best thing in my life I've ever done is having her hands down the absolute hardest thing I have ever done <laughs> is having her. <laughs> My husband likes to joke that um, being a parent is, is only a part-time job. It's only 30 seconds of every minute. <laughs> and that I will say is a hundred percent true. But I mean, I was told by other people before I had her, other amazing moms in music theater that came before me, they kept saying like, oh, I did my best work after I had my child. And now I hundred, like, I get it. I so understand it. Why? I feel like okay. Yeah. Why? Tell us. <laughs> like you learn to prioritize, you know, what's important and what is not important anymore. I think it opens you up emotionally in so many ways. I think it allows you to just be even more compassionate than you were before and have more patience than you were before. And also frees you up to let go, at least for me speaking personally, of judgment, judgment of like thinking of what are other people thinking of me or thinking of these choices or am I making the right choice? No, <laughs> it's like, no. Now when I walk in the room, it's, or let's be honest, make a self tape. <laughs> it's about, it's about what I want to do now. I'm not questioning anymore. Like, what do I think they want to see from me? That is gone now after having a child. And part of it is like, I had a baby. I had a, a difficult C-section, to be honest, an emergency C-section. Wow. It was scary. It was painful. It was like, you know, all of those things, a hard recovery. It was super emotional having a child. Um, you know, you don't sleep at all. Your life becomes not yours for a period of time. Like you have to sort of let go of what your identity of yourself was before and then rediscover it. And through that, 
you just know yourself so much better. You have more respect for yourself and you have more power. So, you know, the thought of doing an audition of anything is like nowhere near as scary as anything possibly was before. And it gives you freedom. It gives you freedom. That's a freaking, um, oh, <laughs> Kyla Crow. No, no, I'm just like, let's go. Let's go, ladies. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> we love it so much. Um, okay, so then pandemic, let's talk about it. How are you feeling now that things are slowly starting to come back? You just mentioned self-tapes as well. Are mm-hmm. we anxious? Are we grounded? How are you doing, babes? I mean, it's it's been a journey for all of us, right? Like it's, I don't know, there's no one that has not been affected by this pandemic. Some more than others, some in very tragic ways. You know, we've lost people, we've lost our jobs, we've lost what we perceived as our identities. So I think everyone has been through a journey of some kind, no matter what. In the beginning, I found for myself, I just had to be kind to myself because, you know, goals that you set for yourself couldn't possibly happen (laughs) during the pandemic that you had set pre pandemic. Right. And then honestly, I will say being, being a mom and being so busy, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, people would post things like I'm learning a new language or learning to, you know, play a new instrument and I'm writing a play. And, you know, I'm like, I now have zero childcare, less than I ever had before. I now have no opportunity to like go back out there and train. And, you know, so it just, I had to reset and refocus. That being said, yeah, I really feel very in touch with what I want to do moving forward and what I have to offer. And I feel very, very ready and really excited. And I can't wait to get back on stage. And I know that the first time I'm in a rehearsal hall, I'm just going to sob. Oh, there's no doubt about it. It's love, it like, love it so much, right? There's, like there's yeah. no... There's not going to be a productive um, day. It's going to be a, 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 you know, everyone's just going to be like, okay, are we here? Exactly. Like I know, I know some people have sort of gone like, yeah, you know what? This made me decide I don't want to do this anymore. Um, And that's a hundred percent fair because man, it's hard. (laughs) It's always been hard and it's been harder to not have any opportunities. For me, it's the opposite. Actually. I'm like, okay, I'm just now like super, super ready. Can't wait. Can't wait. (laughs) We all cannot wait. (laughs) but let's jump a little bit into your fun new endeavor tell us about keto chick yo tell us all about your business model why is it important give us the deets where can we find you that's so many questions but like we just want to hear it all tell us about keto chick yes um so i started keto chick a couple months ago because i was doing the keto diet myself for multiple reasons i have to say the main reason i have stayed on it thus far and i will have to say Uh, I am not a medical professional. This is only my personal opinion, you know, have to give that proviso, but it has changed my um, situation as far as inflammation and pain in my body, a million percent. I no longer wake up achy. I can like leap down those stairs first thing in the morning and I am no longer 19 years old. So (laughs) I've spent my entire life dancing eight shows a week in high heels, right? So being on the keto diet totally changed that for me. I won't say that it's not without challenges. It wasn't the challenges that I thought would be there. I thought I was going to just miss having those yummy carby foods that I love so much. Like I would live on potato chips if I could, but actually I don't feel deprived at all. The food is like delicious and amazing, but everything has to be 
basically made from scratch. Like nothing is pre-processed. You can't really just walk into a grocery store and, and have a meal ready to go that is keto necessarily, as I say with quotation marks. Um, and so I was cooking a lot and I've always loved to cook. I've worked in restaurants like for, I don't know, 20 something years on the side in between gigs. And I just started experimenting and making lots of things. And, you know, suddenly my husband is like, this is like better than anything I've ever tasted. And I sort of went, if there was a way that I could walk into a store and purchase this and take that off of my plate tonight, as far as having to do all of this prep and time, oh my God, that would be incredible. And there were things that I could buy, like uh, granola or like snacks or things like that, but none of it was like fresh, real food. So I started making these soups and then I started making pancakes and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And then just sort of felt like there was a gap there. Like I couldn't buy this anywhere else. I started on that journey and then stopped. And then it kept bugging me because I honestly, starting a food business is one of the hardest things you can ever do. Yeah. But I'm I never pick easy things. So why would you? Right, right, much right. More you and, so right? You know. <laughs> like, much more interesting this way. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, as we know, as theater professionals, generally, we all have like five jobs already that we do. But every one of those five jobs that I already do, I couldn't do. <laughs> they were all not happening. And I needed to use my brain. And so this was a really fun, awesome challenge. So really my mandate has been to make real healthy food with ingredients that you know, recognize, can pronounce. I want to make your life easier. So it's ready to go. I deliver it to your doorstep. So you don't even need to leave your home. It just arrives for you. But my mandate also has been that it can't just be like, this is pretty good for keto. Like it needs to be delicious. Just delicious. Oh my gosh. You're awesome. treating it no like what. you, you're a dance <laughs> captain. You're like, this is, I want this to look spectacular. I see it in your keto. Carry on. Yeah. Friend. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So that's how it started. And you know, now I'm just sort of off and running. I've got a website. So that's www.ketochickcreations.com. And that's where you can purchase everything. I do deliveries every Tuesday in the GTA. You can see what my map is, but also, you know, shoot me an email if you're slightly outside of that. I totally make exceptions. I do special things for people. You know, I'm open to whatever. And I have really beautiful, loyal customers that order all the time and are just like glowing about the food, which makes me really happy and excited. And yeah, it's been a great way to connect with people and learn so many new things, right? Like who knew that I'd be developing a website and learning about packaging and designing my own logo, you know. <laughs> huge in endeavors but congratulations friend we're so we're like me and kyla like beaming at you we're like look at our friend go she's spectacular <laughs> everyone get on to keto chick now what a superstar and also as sarah mountain says musical theater people can bloody do anything and then when we do it we do it really well we take it seriously we want to do if you're going to start a keto business it will be the, the best most delicious keto keto business <laughs> anyway love and congratulations now my friend as we're we're starting to wrap up here. Do you have any mm -hmm. advice for our listeners today? Yeah, I would say try to infuse everything you do with kindness and with your work ethic. Take pride in everything you do. It doesn't matter whether that is singing or dancing or acting or waitressing in a restaurant 
or doing a promo gig where you're having people taste mayonnaise, which I have done. (laughs) It's just so, so important to keep that pride and responsibility in everything you do across the board, because there's going to be times where we're, we're not on stage performing and you can't let that be your whole identity. Absolutely. That's been like a wonderful theme of this season. Um, okay, so a couple of things that the beautiful Christy Adamson said today. As a dance captain, she said, lead with kindness and respect. She said, even in a leadership role, friends, you can still learn so much. Respect the work, respect your peers, and look at what is the best thing for the show. If you're swinging, do your bloody homework, peeps. <laughs> It doesn't just show up. And when you accept a job, you have to be happy to accept that job. I love that one. Uh, She said, don't be afraid of your age. Embrace it. Never stop training. Mum life allowed her to know herself better and hold her power. And she said, take pride in everything that you do. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Christy Adamson. Yay, Christy. (laughs) Five, six, seven, eight. Bitches are lit. Titties out. He's done. Yes! Yes! He gave us. Yes, I wanted a Christian. Everybody. Yes. Yes. Love you. So awesome. That was the incredible Christy Adamson, everyone. We just love that beauty. You can catch her on Insta at Crispy Animal Planet and her keto website is ketochickcreations.com. And, of course, you heard from our girl Crystalise earlier. You can catch her on Insta at Crystalise and her Pilates Insta is at Crystalise Pilates. And her website, made by the incredible Jackson Ben Designs, is crystalisepilates.com. So many bloody talented people in this business. I can't handle it. So remember to shop local legends because where you spend your money matters. And you know where to find us legends. We're on Insta at Tits and Teeth Podcast. Our Twitter is at Teeth Tits and our website is titsandteethpodcast.com. We're heading into the end of season four, you guys. We have just one more episode left. It's been a blast. So stay tuned. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a bloody thing because we have some crazy exciting things coming up for you for now we'll see you next week and keep those tits up those teeth out because you got this we got you and we bloody love you